On the morning of July 1st, 1916, 104 years ago, 120,000 British soldiers, most of them volunteers, dug in along a series of, lo- a series of lines and trenches stretching from the English Channel in northern France south all the way to the River Somme. Most of them, like I said, were volunteers. And thus they dug in along a series of trenches facing trenches of German German trenches across the span of no man's land. It began one of the most violent and and deadly battles in military history anywhere to date. The battle which took place from July 1st to November of 1916 began as an allied offensive against German German forces on the Western Front and turned into one of the most bitter and costly costly battles of World War I. British forces suffered more than 50,000 casualties, including more than 19,000 soldiers killed on the first day making it the single most cost, most costly and disastrous day in that nation's military history, a fact that stands to this day. <clears throat> By the time the Battle of the Somme, sometimes called the First Battle of the Somme, nearly ended five months later, ended nearly five months later, more than three million soldiers on both sides had fought in the battle and more than one million had been killed or wounded. Little known fact here, on August 31st, 1916, Harry Butters, a young U.S. citizen serving with the British forces, was killed, becoming the first American casualty of World War I. And the U.S. involvement didn't begin until 1917. Now, like I was saying before several episodes ago, one of the facts that kind of sticks in the back of my head, and I can't get out no matter how hard I try, one of the facts that sticks in the back of my head is the the dates of the World Wars and the U.S. involvement in them. So World War I was 1914 to 1918, and the U.S. involvement was 17 to 18, 1917 to 1918. World War II was 39 to 45, 1939 to 1945, and the U.S. involvement was 1941 to 1945. 1941 with Pearl Harbor. Um, we're, but, we're, but this, we're going on on uh, World War I here. Prior to the attack, the Allies launched a week-long heavy artillery bombardment using some 1.75 million shells, which were aimed to cut which aimed to cut the barbed wire guarding German defenses and destroying the enemy's positions. On the morning of July 1st, 11 divisions of the British 4th Army, many of them, like I said, many of them volunteer soldiers going into the battle for the first time, as they observed that as their civic duty, their patriotic civil duty to their country, to their fellow people, the fellow man, fellow women, they as they reserve they observed as their civic duty. They mo- they were more the majority of them were volunteers. 
began they began advancing on a 15 mile front north of the Somme at the same time five five French divisions advanced on advanced on an eight mile front to the south where the German defenses were weaker allied leaders had been confident that the bar that the bombardment would damage German defenses enough <coughs> Sorry, clearing my throat. Sorry about that, everyone, for having to hear that in your ears. So enough, so the damage to German defense is enough so that their troops could easily advance. But the barbed wire remained intact in many places. And the German positions, many of which were deep underground, were stronger than anticipated. Along the line, German machine gun and rifle fire cut down thousands of the attacking British troops many of them caught in caught and trapped in no man's land some 19,240 british soldiers were killed and more than 38,000 wounded by the end of the first day <clears throat> as many casualties as british forces suffered when the allies lost the battle the battle for france during world war 2 including including prisoners other British and French forces, and a lot of these are from my notes as well, like I said before, and a lot of this is from several several sites that I've looked up for, look for, look for background information, doing research and stuff like that. A lot of the, this, a lot of this is from Wikipedia and from History.com. So, giving my appropriate credit to both myself for doing the research, yay, <clears throat> and the sources that I want to get this information from and a lot of times if there's a lot of information in in the columns here I'll note in the column refer to Wikipedia refer to history a lot of the times I go to Wikipedia but a lot of times I'll refer to history and Wikipedia as well and simultaneously and I'll note in the column saying hey refer to Wikipedia or refer to history for this little blurb because I don't have I don't want to write everything down write a whole paragraph down so I'll write a little note and say refer for the rest of this back to history or Wikipedia. And then I'll go back to Wikipedia and read that little blurb that I said to refer to. Other, 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 other. <coughs> other British forces, British, other British and French forces had more successes to the south. These gains were limited were limited compared to the devastating losses sustained on that first day of battle. But Haig, but, but Haig, whose name I didn't write down, H-A-I-G, Haig, I didn't write his full name down, so I don't know what they're referring to when I say that, was determined to press on with the offensive, and over the next two weeks, the British launched a series of smaller attacks on the German line putting increasing pressure on the Germans and forcing them to divert to divert weapons and soldiers from Verdun. Early on the morning of July 15th, British troops launched another artillery barrage, followed by a massive attack, this time on Besenton Ridge in the northern part of the Somme. The assault took the Germans by surprise and the British were able to were able to advance some six thousand yards into enemy territory, occupying the village of Longueval, Long L O N G U E V A L Longueval, 
Sorry, that kind of sounds like, like tongue tie when I say it and try to pronounce it. So, apologize. Apologies. But any small, small advance continued to come at the expense of heavy casualties, with the Germans losing 160,000 soldiers and the British and French more than 200,000 by the end of July. Near the end of August, with German and with near the end of August, with German morale running low. Due to the loss of ground, both on the Somme and at Verdun, Germany's General Erich von Falkenhayn was replaced by Paul von Hindenburg and Erich Ludendorff. The, common, the command change marked the change in German strategy. They would build a new defensive line behind the Somme front, con- conceding territory but allowing them to inflict even more casualties on the advancing Allied troops. On September 5th, during an attack at Fleur's, at Fleur, course, I can't even pronounce that, and I've taken French in my life, I can't even pronounce this. C-O-U, well, Cur, C-O-U-R, C-O-U-R-E. Cur means heart. So Fleur, heart, something, or maybe that this is just the name of the town. C-O-U-R-C-E-L-E-T-T-E. The British artillery at that place. The British artillery barrage was followed by an advance of 12 divisions of soldiers, accompanied by 48 Mark I tanks, making their first ever appearance on the battlefield. But the tanks were still early in their development stages, and many of them broke down before making it to the front line. Though the British were able to advance some 1.5 miles, 1.5 miles, wow, they sustained some 29,000 casualties and fell short of a true breakthrough. As October began, bad weather stymied another Allied attack, with soldiers struggling to cross muddy terrain under fierce fire from German artillery and fighter planes. The Allies made their final advance of the battle in mid-November attacking German positions in the in the Ankar River Valley ANCRE the Ankar River Valley with the arrival of true winter weather again here's that name that I wasn't given background on so I don't know who it is Haig H-A-I-G finally called the offensive to a halt on November 18th ending the battle of attrition on the Somme at, la- at least until the following year. Over 141 days, the British had advanced just seven miles and failed to break the German line. More than anything else, the Battle of the Somme, and especially its devastating first day, its first day, that many people go back into earlier earlier minutes of the episode here and find out exactly what the number, what the number is, but in the first day, that many people died. And it is considered the most one of the most devastating days in British military history. Nothing else has even come close to it. Now, say what you want. I know World War II, there was, you could see there's far more deaths in World War II because of the Holocaust, which is beyond me and it's, it's it's beyond me, and it's amusing in the sense that people could be so stupid to think that something like this was a ho- like that was a hoax, and couldn't exist. That's just garbage, and that's wrong. 
There's evidence everywhere that proves that it did exist, it did happen. So people who think that it, that it didn't exist or that it couldn't exist are full of it, are totally full of it and completely off their rocker. More than anything else, the Battle of the Somme, and especially its devastating first day, will be remembered as the epitome of the brutal and seemingly senseless carnage that characterized trench warfare during World War I. British officers, especially Haig, would be criticized for continuing the offensive in spite of such devastating and destructive losses. Many of the British soldiers who fought at the Somme had volunteered for army services in 1914 and 1915 and saw combat for the first time in the battle. Many were members of the so-called the PALS Battalion, or units that were made up of friends, relatives, and neighbors in the same community. In a poignant example of a community's loss, some 720 men from the from the 11th East Lancashire Battalion, known as the known as the Accrington Pals, fought on July 1st. Ooh, fought on July 1st, the deadly that day, that deadly day. 584 were killed or wounded. Again, that number. 720 men from the 11th East Lancashire Battalion fought on July 1st. 584 were killed or wounded. That is an an absurdly, ridiculously high amount. Despite its failure, the Allied offensive at the Somme did inflict serious damage on the German positions in France, spurring the Germans to strategically retreat to the Hindenburg Line on March, in March 1917, rather than continuing battle over the same land that spring. Though the exact number is disputed, German losses by the end of the Battle of the Somme probably exceeded Britain's, with some 450,000 soldiers lost, compared with 422 on the British side. The surviving British forces had also gained valuable experience, which would later help them achieve success and victory on the Western Front. There's several different, um, several different sections, different, different uh, uh, documentaries, different stories you could go to to find out history and find out background and see documentaries on the Battle of the Somme. And there is a documentary on YouTube. And I, when you, if you just go, if you just Google the documentaries, uh, the, the, if you just go, uh, Google, I keep saying Google. If you go on YouTube and you YouTube search for Battle of the Somme documentaries, there's one that comes up. I think it's the first one that comes up that says true history or the real history of the Battle of the Somme. And it is kind of told, it's, it's, it's narrated and it's kind of a history documentary. So it's kind of told like a documentary. Oh, there's his name, Sir Douglas Haig. Uh, there's his name. I just looked on Wikipedia because I didn't write down his name and it wasn't referenced to me, so I didn't know what it was. So I just looked on Wikipedia just because out of curiosity. And there's his name, Sir Douglas Haig. Uh, but look on uh, YouTube for that. Look on YouTube for, and the, the first one that'll come up, the true history, the true 
true story, true... I want to say true truth, but that's kind of redundant. True truth, that's kind of ridiculous and redundant. It doesn't make any kind of sense. But and that's the first one to look them up, and it'll be a story and a, a documentary on the Battle of the Somme. Um, it's, and this is a little more, more, more noting, um, that, that Rotorotown referred to Wikipedia. Because, like I said, a lot of this information came from Wikipedia, a lot of it came from History.com, and it's just, I've always been, whenever I've studied, I don't eat up like candy, I don't eat up military history, although it is very interesting to me. I don't eat up military history like I eat up candy, but... I do find it very enthralling and very, very interesting and very intriguing. Um, and that's just, that's just awesome to me. And I like just, I just like, I, for some reason, World War One is more of a draw to me than any of the, any, any of the other wars. Now, I, I'm not, that's not to say that, that I'm not horrified by any of the other wars and what's come on, what's, what's existed. Um, World War II is horrifying. And so, but I just, I've just always loved to read more about World War I because it was so long ago. And so, so long ago. Like, like I said in the beginning of this episode, the Battle of the Somme was July 1st, 1916. That's, that's 104 years ago. So, a long, long time ago. But it still is extremely interesting for me and extremely interesting to look up. And I would look up that article and that documentary on YouTube and see what you can find. It's great, great, great information you'll get. So this is a little bit of stuff from that I said to refer to in my notes to say to refer to Wikipedia on the push. The push for the sum was devised by Sir Douglas Haig and Sir Henry Rawlinson. R, Sir Henry R A W L I N S O M. Sir Henry Rawlinson. The huge casualties suffered during the Battle of the Somme played a significant part in earning Haig the nickname The Butcher. Ah, now it clicks. Sir Douglas Haig, Douglas Haig the Butcher. Because that many deaths on the first day. That's gonna. The Battle of the Somme was was one of the most bitterly contested and costly battles of the First World War, lasting nearly five months. Despite this, it is often the first day of the battle that is most remembered. The offensive began on July 1st after a week-long artillery bombardment of the German lines. Advancing British, British troops found that the German defenses had not been destroyed as expected, and many units suffered very high casualties with very little progress. The Somme became an attritional or wearing out battle where both sides really not gaining anything. Both sides kind of just staring each other down and kind of seeing who will blink first. Like, are you going to, are you going to flip first? Or are you going to freak out first? Kind of figuring, going with that, trying to see who would blink first. That's, that, that's what the battle of attrition or wearing out battle is. On, on, the fifth, on the September 15th, tanks were used for the first time with some success, but they did not bring a breakthrough any closer. Operation, operations on the River Anka continued with some gains, but in deteriorating weather conditions, 
major operations on the Somme ended on November 18th. That's widely considered, like I said, like you said in an earlier, earlier notes in order to think that it's referenced, it's widely considered the first battle of the Somme. There have been two that I know of. And to this day, as far as I know, the area, the area of France, in northern France, and the area in France where the Somme is, because it's a river, the River Somme, the area in France where the battle occurred, and where it is, is still, it's heavily, like, it's, it's revered as sacred ground, as holy ground. And people are a little taken aback when they get near it or they walk around it because they remember 104 years ago what happened here and how many lives were lost and what occurred and it's people remember what what life was like then and what and what the combat was like then and how people suffered and how they fought and what went forward and to my knowledge they haven't found they've done as much as they can they haven't found all the mines and all the the artillery that the German and British troops planted in the battlefield in that area of the Somme. They haven't found all of that. There may still be stuff in that area or dug down deep in that area that they haven't found yet. And that could still be active. And they could still they could still blow up. So they they restrict people from walking through that area or they keep people to a certain area. Stay on this path and stay in this area so we know we know this area is clear. We know this area is fine, but we know don't know about spaces over there or over there. We haven't really unearthed everything. So there may still be mines there from yeah, even this long later. Over 104 years later, there may still be stuff there that hasn't exploded yet. And you could still you could end up if you just if you wander off a path like that, you could end up being a casualty of a hundred and four year old war. Still, and that's just stick to the path. But that's as far as I know. There were over a million casualties. As an attritional offensive, the Battle of the Somme involved heavy casualties on both sides. By the end of the first day, British forces had suffered fifty seven thousand 407 casualties of whom 19,240 were killed this represented the largest losses suffered by the British army in a single day the largest losses suffered by the British army in a single day a fact that as far as I'm aware is still consistent to this day now you think wow that's like wow where did that come from given the Given how war and technology has evolved since then, you'd figure that the numbers would be much, much higher. Well, since war and technology has evolved so much since World War One, so has so has the ability to dodge and avoid casualty. And so has the ability to to stay away from things. But so has the ability to cause it more as well. It was the first, well, I didn't know this. I mean, I know they were all voluntary, but I didn't know it was the first major battle of Britain's new volunteer army. The Battle of the Somme saw the first involvement in a battle of many who had volunteered for army service in 1914 and 1915. This included the PALS battalions 
and relatives and workmates. Around After around a year of training, most of these men began to see active service from late 1915 and early 1916, particularly on the Western Front, where the Somme is. As a result, the Battle of the Somme, the largest offensive in the British Army had yet launched, was first was the first to be fought by a largely civilian army. This meant that many of the attacking British infantry did not have battlefield experience. As one French officer wrote on July 10, 1916, the British infantry is very brave, but undergoing a costly apprenticeship. Although the British Army suffered heavy casualties for relatively little territorial gain on the Somme, the battle has increasingly been seen as important in providing experience that later contributed to victory on the Western Front. During the course of nearly five months of fighting on the Somme, an inexperienced citizen army began to evolve into a battle-hardened one. The same was also true of British commanders who had never previously committed troops on this scale. Improvements were made in the use of artillery and infantry tactics and new weapons, including tanks, which began to be integrated into the British Army's methods. This came as a ver- at a very high cost, proved equally costly for the German Army, which began to realize that the British Army was becoming a major opponent. Twenty million people saw film footage from the battle. An official documentary film, The Battle of the Somme, was, first, was the first feature-length film to record soldiers in action. It was, filmed by, it was filmed by the official cinematographers Jeffrey Mallins and John McDowell, who filmed the battle up and who filmed the, the build-up and early days of the battle. When the f- okay, see, see, I was trying to refer- reference something and the the image, the screen just jumped on me. The the uh, Wikipedia just jumped to a different page. And now I gotta find where jump where it jumped from so I can go back to it and don't lose my place. Stupid freaking Google. Many, many, many times this stupid Google has screwed me over. And it's not surprising that it's done it before and it's continuing to do it now. When the film was shown in cinemas from August 21st, 1916, an estimated 20 million people saw it in the first month of its release. Many hoped to glimpse a son, brother, father, or friend. It was intended it was intended to show that the big push had be, had been a success and that British soldiers were well supplied and cared for which as if you've seen documentaries from war footage that occurred at the Somme and you've seen the documentary I mentioned earlier trench warfare you can kind of argue the point that they were well cared for and well, you can just you can argue Britain's memory. The Battle of the Somme saw the first major action of the British New Army. The first day of the Battle of the Somme has prominent place in British history, and popular memory has come to represent the loss and apparently has come to represent the loss and apparent futility of the First World War. 
Which I get what they're saying in that comment. They become the parent of futility of the First World War because it led to the Second World War. And a little bit of history that most people don't know. And I actually hesitate to say his name because, well, I, just, I won't get into that right now. I won't get into that at all, preferably. But Adolf Hitler was an officer, or I believe he was, an, I believe he was a low-ranking officer. Yes, and a painter who served in the German army. I forget where he served, where the history records and people have said he served. But he served in the German army in World War I. And he, whatever was going through his demented and twisted mind, led him to, to, to rise to Fuhrer and create and cause the Second World War and become one of the greatest villains in the world. He is one of the world's, one of the greatest villains the world has ever known and will ever know. The, yeah. You can also, it's interesting, all the things that you can find about World War One and all the things, all the little details and stuff. There have been a lot of, a lot of. It's there's there's I, I, I don't think I don't. It's not the Somme, but in France there's a there's a monument. It might have been the Battle of, Battle of Verdun, but there's a monument in, in France near the battlefield. It looks like it kind of looks like the Venus de Milo, uh, just an angel with wings. And maybe some of you know what I'm talking about, or can at least reference something that I know what I'm talk reference what I'm talking about, so that I can refer to the actual thing. And this is where you can correct me if I get my information wrong. Please correct me, so I can tell people to correct info. Um, I think it was the Battle of Verdun. I think there's also, and I know in the histories, if you look it up, there's other battles that are more that have, on a grand scale of things, have become more violent and much more destructive than the sum, but. Like maybe the Gallipoli campaign, campaign, or the Battle of Verdun, or um, all those, all the other battles which are not coming to my mind right now. And it was the first. It was the first. Um, the first difference. It was the first major. Major combat. First major world war, so to speak, and the evolvements in technology had come so quickly, and war war passed them forward. That oh yeah, the Battle of the Marne, the Battle of Verdun, Gallipoli campaign, the ba the Battle of Amiens, A M I E N S Amiens, Battle of Jutland, the Second Battle of the Marne. Spring Offensive, the Battle of Ypres, Y P R E S, the Battle of the Battle of Ypres, the Battle of Vimy Ridge. Yep, I knew about that. Tannenberg, all sorts of stuff. World War II, just to me, is very, very interesting. Very, very, very interesting to me. So, thank you all for bearing through this kind of what's probably a tough topic and what's probably tough to get through. But thank you all for hanging in there. Stick around for a little bit more extra on the end and thank you all for listening hey guys check out the best cruising podcast and youtube channel for everything cruising needed everything cruise cruising enjoyed everything you love about cruising 
They're experts. They know their stuff. And they're beyond awesome. You'll love the podcast. You'll love their YouTube channel. They're the best cruising podcast out there. Check out Fantastic Cruising on the podcast, on your favorite podcast devices and favorite podcast programs. And also check out Fantastic Studios on YouTube. They are beyond great. Give and Matt and Kimbra follow. Give them a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and every other podcast you choose. They are beyond awesome, and you won't be disappointed. You won't be upset in any way, shape, or form. Please join me in supporting and giving to the Pride Foundation and the Trevor Project. When you donate to the Pride Foundation, you join thousands of supporters building a better, safer, more equitable world for LGBTQIA plus people and their families. Every gift, whether $1 or $1,000, makes an impact for real people and ripples outward into our communities. There are many different ways to join and help the fight. Also go on to their websites for the Pride Foundation and the Trevor Project and donate and help in any way possible. The Trevor Project offers support and help for LGBTQIA youth all over the country and all over the world. Please show them some love and give them some support.